Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Josh Lamb. This week we're going to be discussing podcasting, an industry that, according to Ofcom, has doubled its audience since 2013. It reports that now, on average, 5.9 million people tune into a podcast each week. Comedy, film and TV are amongst the most listened to. Larger organisations such as the BBC, Sky News, Empire Film Magazine and even HBO have all made the leap to podcasting. However, you don't need to be a news conglomerate to have a podcast. Anyone can make one. To help out with the basics today, I'm joined by producer and film journalist Mike Munzer, who is the creator and host of the Evolution of Horror podcast, a show that is currently ranked 26th on the iTunes film and TV chart. Each week, Mike and another guest, normally a top film journalist, dive into various subgenres of horror movies, discussing their impact and legacy on cinema. Without further ado, let's get started. Mike Munzer, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. Um, as I've explained, today we're looking at the basics of podcasting for uh, students and newbies that are looking to get into it. You've got a really successful podcast on iTunes and online at the moment called The Evolution of Horror. So how did you go about getting started with that and where would you advise people to get their inspiration, particularly considering this uh, you know the podcasts are flooded the market at the moment and there's there's so many different ones out there yeah I think that's really hard and uh, I think it can initially be a bit intimidating because it's likely that whatever idea you come up with someone has probably done something very similar to it I would say um, but I, I think don't let that put you off because actually you could have a very similar format to someone else but every podcast is different and it's it's how you do it I suppose and it's how you execute it uh, there are obviously, you know, I, I come from sort of film journalism backgrounds and I do filmy podcasts and there are a million and one film podcasts. Uh, but, you know, they they all have their own thing. They all have their own hook a lot of the time. Um, so it's just it's just finding maybe a particular angle or a different way to approach it rather than. I guess, you know, just two mates discussing what films they like and don't like, you know, maybe you could come up with some sort of, uh, you know, one unique thing about it um, can help. And and actually something quite simple too, I think a lot of the time, you know, people want to know instantly within a sentence or two what the podcast is, like what they're in for. So keep it fairly simple and straightforward. And again, it's more about the execution than it is about coming up with a really unique original idea. Yeah, fantastic. So you're saying is if you've got an interest just find an angle and and run with it yeah i'd say so definitely make sure it's something that you are interested in as well don't come up with an idea that you think just might be good but it's not something you particularly love yourself because you're going to be putting hours into making this so it's got to be i think you wouldn't be able to stick it out if it wasn't something that you personally loved and i think people love hearing people talk about something passionately as well so it's got to be something that you love and are passionate about as well okay great so we'll move on to the obvious here uh, to have a podcast you have to have recording equipment which can be it can be quite expensive so in your experience where can someone start if they're unable to afford a top-end microphone yeah it is tricky this uh, there's no particularly easy way um of, of of sort of getting everything that is both really good quality and cheap um, you know, you can get. It depends. It depends your definition of cheap. And 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 to be fair, a lot of people these days do record stuff. Um, 
you know, you could even record something on your iPhone, I guess. It still works. Um, if the chat, if the conversations are good and the content is good, a lot of people don't mind. They might put up with, um, I think people expect from podcasts that the quality might not always be brilliant. But again, if, if the conversation is good quality, uh, then I think a lot of people, you know, look past that and don't mind too much. But if you've got a little bit of money, I mean, the microphones I use, I think, are really good quality. And actually, I was looking them up on Amazon and how much I spent on them. Uh, it, it's twenty twenty pound or fifteen pound per microphone, and they're XLR XLR microphones. They're called, and uh, there's a there's a make that I uh, called Behringer, and I think it's quite a well known, well respected make of sort of sound equipment. Uh, I bought two of those, so it only cost me thirty pound total to buy those two mics, uh, and then and then a little mixer box, which is slightly more expensive. I think that's about fifty pounds, but all in all, it costs less than a hundred pound to to get all of the equipment together, and actually the quality of that sounds sort of really good like almost professional quality I would say so uh, you know you can that that obviously that still costs a little bit of money um, but if you can save up for that it's not a really daunting amount we're not talking hundreds or thousands of pounds you know it's 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 less than a hundred pound basically you know to, to get like really decent sounding stuff uh, so these days it's, it's much more accessible than, than you'd think absolutely yeah in my experience, I have actually used uh, an iPhone to record, and the quality is okay. But compared to other podcasts like like your own, there is a, a drastic difference in quality. In your experience, are there any hacks that you can do that will add a layer of quality to your audio if you can't afford to get a microphone? I, I mean, I, I've read things um, such as people hanging stuff on their walls or just to kind yeah. of soundproof the room. Is there anything you'd recommend? Absolutely. I would say, you know, get yourself in a room that is uh, as unechoey as possible, really. Uh, you know, carpets are always good, sort of soft, soft interiors, I guess. Um, rooms that may be, uh, yeah, smaller rooms. Um, and yeah, ones that, you know, you can click your finger and notice that there's not an echo too much. And then when you record, let's say you do record with an iPhone, just keep the iPhone sort of not too close to your mouth but relatively close so that not so not so close that you're going to hear popping and distorting but uh, close enough so that you're not sounding really distant uh, because if you're far away from your iPhone then you're going to sound quite quiet and then what you'll have to do is when you edit it you'll have to crank up the levels which means you get loads and loads of hiss and background noise that also gets turned up so it's keeping the voice louder than the sort of background ambience so it's it's keep, keep a sort of fairly close distance to your microphone um, and then there are little things you can do depending on how familiar you are you are with sort of editing and editing software um, there's you know there's stuff you can find out on YouTube you know you can li- I-, I taught myself a lot of stuff just from looking on YouTube of kind of how to get rid of background noise and there are all these different little things and tricks you can do when you edit you know uh, there's something called denoiser which gets rid of kind of background hum and kind of flattens it a bit so it sounds a bit more like you're talking into an actual microphone so yeah I think again these days there are lots of accessible ways to kind of make that work you just have to maybe do a bit of research and and find out but everything everything is on Google now in terms of how you can make th- things like that work oh yeah there's a wealth of information on YouTube which is a fantastic way to learn it's a really good place to go and just just get random tips off of people you mentioned editing software there actually again that's something that can can cost quite a bit of money um, are there any particular apps or software that are quite straightforward and cost-effective to use for beginners I would say I'm not 100% sure myself because I, I'm lucky enough in my job to to have professional editing software, but I'm pretty sure you can get free stuff. You know, if you have a Mac, an Apple or a MacBook or whatever, you get GarageBand as, as just like a free app, and that is perfectly 
um, it's perfect for editing podcasts, to be honest, because, again, podcasts, they don't have to be overly convoluted in terms of the editing. A lot of the time, they are just two people talking to each other. So, you know, really, it's it might be the odd snipping out um, you know, uh, a bit of content. If you if you muck up a line or cut out a bit of uh, of kind of pauses in between conversations or whatever it is you want to cut out, you can literally sort of chop and delete uh, sections of your conversation. But you know, other than that, it's pretty basic. W- w- you know, when it comes to podcast editing. So yeah, GarageBand is a is a really good one uh, on Macs, and I'm sure there's some sort of window Windows equivalent. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, usually I think with most computers these days, you'll get a some kind of very basic free uh, sound editing software uh, and and that's and you can absolutely use that for uh, for editing podcasts you know at, at the end of the day most of these kind of editing softwares the free ones or the really expensive ones they do essentially the same thing it's just that the more professional ones you can do a lot more you know professional high-end stuff if you need it but for podcasts you, you don't always need that so it's fine absolutely yeah absolutely uh, another interesting point that I, I thought about um on your show in particular, you're discussing horror movies and you use a lot of sound bites and clips from the films themselves. You also have some of the best film journalists in the industry like as guests on your show. For someone who is starting out that wants to add an element of um, a wow factor to their podcast, are there any tips or inspiration that you can provide to add another layer of entertainment? Uh, yeah, when it t- when it comes to getting guests, just do not underestimate Twitter, <laughs> uh, because a lot a lot of people. Um, again, I, I'm kind of lucky because the industry I work in, I did know a lot of these journalists already, but not all of them. And, and some people, I literally just tweeted and said, you know, can I DM you about a podcast opportunity? And most of them are happy to do it. You know, 90% of them have said yes and uh, or you know followed me back or whatever, so that I can DM them. And uh, and they're, usually they've, they've been absolutely happy to help. So just don't, um, never be put off by the idea of, oh, you know, they won't respond to me or anything. Like It's always worth a try. Uh, these days with social media and email and everything else, it's it's actually so easy to get in touch with guests and get hold of people. Um, uh, so, so, so don't, yeah, don't sort of fret about that if you don't think you can sort of get to these people. Most of the time you can now. Uh, and uh, when it comes to clips and stuff, yeah, I mean, again, I just... I literally just download stuff from YouTube. So, you know, you can get movie trailers and, and uh, you know, you can really easily, there are loads of websites where you can just copy and paste the YouTube video link and then it downloads it for you as like a MP4 video file. And uh, I just drag and drop the audio from that into my podcast clip. So, yeah, I, you know, there's that again, it's very, very easy to do that. A couple of things to watch out for just legally in terms of copyright issues and that kind of thing. You don't want to... Uh, put in a very long clip usually you have to restrict these kind of things to 10 or 15 seconds max um without getting in trouble uh, there's a there's a sort of a, a, a law um called fair use which means that if you are talking about film films uh, let's say or you're talking about a piece of music or you're talking about whatever you can use clips of it to kind of enhance the chat as long as you are talking critically or analytically about it you can't just put in a random clip of a film uh, of your favorite film when you're not even talking about it just to just to put the clip in for the sake of it basically so you, you have to be able to argue that you're putting in a clip for sort of um 
yeah for critical purposes and then it and then it's legal but otherwise it's not so yeah just it's it's kind of tricky murky ground sometimes with clips so basically if you're recording a sport podcast don't drop a film clip in of the avengers or something (laughs) exactly exactly you could put in a clip of bbc you know of a a commentary on a football match that that particular one you're talking about but other than that yeah don't and don't just shove in um you know a, a random track that you like in the background for dramatic effect as well because you could get in trouble for that brilliant yeah i I personally think that's something that I found in particular is quite tough to navigate. So that's that's actually a really useful piece of information. Something else I find when I listen to podcasts, um, and it's, it can sometimes be actually be a make or break for me, um, can be organisation and structure. They tend to add a layer of authenticity for me and professionalism. If you listen to some lower budget podcasts, and at, at times it, it can sound like it's a group of people down the pub just having a rowdy conversation how can you advise someone that's never written or scripted something like this before to go about making sure they stay on topic you know what what they're actually supposed to be talking about yeah i would say just listen to some of your favorite podcasts that are the more professional ones um listen to what they do and they, they all essentially do the same thing which is uh, they do they do have even though some podcasts are very relaxed and conversational they will still always have a kind of fixed intro maybe where they'll introduce the podcast uh, it feels like it's going to be a bit boring and long but what I would advise doing is at the beginning of every episode introduce yourself tell people who you are and tell people what this podcast is in a sentence or two um, always assume that anyone listening to whatever episode whether you're a hundred episodes in is listening to the podcast for the first time so kind of go yeah hello uh, this is whatever we are a sport podcast that discusses um you know weekly football news uh, you know just a very quickly quick kind of couple of sentences that g- gives the kind of formal introduction as to what this podcast is um and introduce yourself as your host introduce your guests and they'll get them to say hello back uh, and all of those things sometimes they can feel a bit awkward and weird when you've when you've done a hundred of them with your mates but I think it's important, like you say, there's there's the difference there between the higher end podcasts and the lower ones is that you you do, you basically, if you start your own podcast, you've, you've made yourself into a, a radio presenter, essentially. So you, you do kind of have to, you have to play it a bit like a radio presenter. And I think uh, it even though it can sometimes feel a bit forced, it makes the listener feel more comfortable, I think, that, you, you know, that they're in safer hands because you've got somebody who kind of feels like they're a bit professional and knows what they're doing. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that's really important to kind of keep that structure of a of a, a a professional radio show or podcast. Fantastic. So don't be afraid of a little showmanship. Um, in terms of being halfway through a podcast, it's something I've actually found quite difficult myself sometimes. Um, it can be knowing when to bring a topic or a certain point that someone might be talking about to a close. Is that something that you just learn with experience or... Is there something specific that you can look out for when somebody is talking? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I guess it depends on the conversation. And, and I, I maybe, uh, yeah, if the conversation sort of just naturally dries up, then I would move on, you know. Uh, you don't. You certainly don't want to rush it and feel like you have to move on to the next thing when you've still got stuff to say, but you're worried about that kind of awkward pause or the conversation kind of teetering out. Because again, you can edit that. You could you could cut out that awkward pause, you know, so that it, from the end of the previous answer that someone gave, you can cut straight to the next question or the next topic, you know. So uh, there are ways you can fix that in the edit. Sometimes I sort of say, when we're coming to the end of a discussion of a certain film, I'll go... 
Okay, well, anything else you want to mention on that film before we wrap up? And a lot of the time they might say, oh yeah, one more thing. Or they might go, no, no, I think that's it. And I'll go, okay, let's move on. You know, and again, I think you can you can keep it as simple as that. And again, people don't mind hearing that, you know, because it's, again, it's all about um, a kind of relaxing listen. You know, you don't want things to sound jarring or awkward or too drawn out and, and boring. So it's just finding that sort of middle ground. I see. Okay, great, great. So... Obviously, to have a successful podcast, you you need an audience, you need listeners, followers, a, a fan base. Um, free of marketing costs, what would you advise to be the best way to gain an audience? Yeah, this is hard because, I, 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 you know, unfortunately, there's no fixed formula to this or I guess everyone would do it. But it is it, so it's a little bit of luck. Um, I would say try, you know, again, going back to the beginning of what we said about coming up with an idea for a podcast. um Keep it simple and have a hook. Uh, before I did my podcast, which is a, a very specific kind of niche podcast about horror movies, uh, before that I did another podcast that I ran with my with my other half uh, about movies, and it was just a kind of general weekly movie discussion podcast um, where we talked about just new releases and, and whatever we liked film-wise. Um, and I thought, oh, it's quite broad, so it will get a bigger audience. But actually, the opposite happened. That, that got so few listeners, you know, and we tried and tried, and we did it for months. We did lots of episodes and it, it never really grew um, and and then I had a go at the horror one and I thought well this is probably going to get even less listeners because it's so niche and specific but of course the opposite happened because I think when you when you tap into a niche interest uh, people who are interested in that subject will google it they'll search it they might search for it on iTunes and they they come across you know this this podcast that suits their interests so I would say don't don't make the podcast too vague. Don't just make it like two guys talking about whatever it is they want to talk about that week. Uh, it's not that's that's not going to get you much. I think you, you know find a, find a special interest, find a niche if you can, um, and really hone in on that. And then that way you can you can find other. Uh, social media groups, Facebook groups or um, forums or uh, other Twitter accounts that might deal with similar special interests and you can sort of, you can you can plug it that way, you know, you can get people to retweet it and so I for example would go on horror websites, horror Facebook groups, you know, other horror, big tw uh, horror Twitter accounts that have you know millions of followers and, and ask them to give me a retweet or whatever uh, so, so that really helps, find a kind of special interest um, and again, you know, if you can, uh, Getting, getting the odd special guest in is always great. Um, one thing that I think I kind of struck really lucky on is my format is I, I have a different guest joining me every single episode. So it, what that means is that every single different guest has their own different amount of Twitter followers. Every single guest retweets or plugs the podcast themselves. And so it kind of spiderwebs outwards, you know, the, the amount of people that suddenly become aware of the podcast um, sort of increases tenfold because you have all of these different people involved who all have their own little circles of followers and they're all retweeting it and plugging it so little tricks like that where you can get other people um, who maybe have a different audience to you to to sort of plug it or uh, or, or you know give it a bit of publicity that always helps again you know it's like a pro like, like when we talked about approaching guests these days you don't have to have money you don't have to approach agents social media is the best way to uh, to publicize yourself and get special guests and do all of that kind of thing that used to be so difficult amazing yeah social media for that is actually great um it's something that's accessible for everyone and it obviously doesn't cost to have an account does it so definitely it's probably the perfect advice for someone that's just starting out podcasting itself can be a full-time job um and you know to really give it everything you have to put a lot of time in is there any advice 
you can give someone who might be struggling to strike a balance between you know really putting all their their hard work into the, the podcast that also might be managing a full-time job um a lifestyle they may have children are there any tactics that you would advise yourself yeah that is a really difficult thing and that's something that i've struggled with myself to be honest and um, i think that um one thing you could do is do a podcast that is not uh you know current affairs or time specific because for example if you were doing a podcast that literally had to weekly kind of chat about that week's events whether it be in sport or film or music or politics it, you have this kind of obligation oh oh no I've got to get the next episode out you know this week this you know um, that makes it very difficult and sometimes it can suck the fun out of it and ultimately podcasts should be fun to do so you want to you want to keep it enjoyable for yourself you don't want to resent it or dread doing it um, so I would say come up with something that is going to be a little bit more uh, evergreen so something that isn't time specific that could that could uh you know go out this week but it could also go out this time next year um and it would still be and it would still be relevant if that makes sense and then what you could do is in your own time around your job you can record and edit slowly and gradually and get say a whole bulk of episodes together so what i did when i first started the my podcast i you know the way mine structured is i have a kind of a series of episodes dealing with a certain topic of, of horror um and i did a whole bunch of episodes on on uh, slasher movies and and my first 12 episodes were all about slasher movies and th- there was no set time or specific schedule of when they could or couldn't go out you know they, they could go out whenever because they're just talking about classic movies uh, so I I spent a good few months just recording and editing those tw- first 12 episodes to get them really perfect so I was happy with them and I did that slowly and gradually around my job maybe a couple of hours a week or whatever uh, and uh and then once I had those sort of 12 episodes in the can, I launched the podcast and I and I was able to just drop them, put them out one one week after the next, you know, weekly. And they came out regularly, but I wasn't kind of snowed under with the amount of workload. Um, and then that series finished and then I had a gap for a few months and I did the exact same thing with the next series where I, I, I recorded them all in bulk, sort of as and when I could, edited them as and when I could and when I was ready, started putting them out weekly. And, 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 and so it's a much more relaxed way where you're not feeling like you're under deadlines or time pressure. So you've got your podcast written, performed, edited. Um, how do you go about getting it live on a platform such as iTunes or Spotify? Yeah, there are some really good websites uh, that you can use. I think there's a few of them. There's one called Acast, which is really good. Another one called Podbean. You can even use websites. If you've got your own website or blog, like a WordPress site, you can actually even do it from there. So, But I use a website called uh, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, which I think is one of the most popular for podcasting because it makes it really easy. Uh, you do have to pay for these. That's the only thing, but it's very little. I think uh, I think it's $5 per month, so that's actually about £3 per month you spend um in order to to afford the storage for the sound files um basically you just you upload you upload your podcast episode as like an mp3 and it will give you a little form to fill out where you put in the episode details and the description and all of that kind of thing Um, and when you set up your podcast initially it, it, it kind of it gives you this thing called an RSS feed which is like a code and uh, that basically then you you go to other places like the Apple uh, podcast store and all of that all of those places where you can download podcasts and you can do something called submit podcast and again you just you put in you the name of your podcast and uh, the description of it and you copy and paste that RSS feed that your hosting website gave you 
and it's as simple as that and then and then from then on uh, every time you upload your new episode your new wav file or mp3 file onto the hosting website it will automatically update that rss feed and and the episodes will go out to all of those destinations so uh, itunes and all of the other podcast apps that people use so it's 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 really simple actually they make it very easy yeah i mean that, that i have to admit that is something i found quite tough myself actually is knowing what to do next once it's it's all edited and and ready to go so that's that's great Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. There's some fantastic advice there for anyone looking to start out in the world of podcasting. So a big thank you for joining me today on the journalism.co.uk podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. So thanks again to Mike Munzer for giving us some incredibly useful tips on podcasting for beginners. And thank you for everyone listening at home. If you are interested in starting your own podcast, don't forget to book your place in our upcoming Introduction to Podcasting training course, hosted by Jack Soper in London on the 14th of August this year. Find out more on our website at journalism.co.uk. Just one more shout out before I leave you. Come along and meet the journalism.co.uk team at our upcoming Summer Social. There'll be no pitching or presentations, just a few drinks and a friendly chat. That's happening on the 9th of July at the Parcel Yard, Kings Cross, London. That's all from us this week. Until next time.